The Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Beautiful Happy Monday. Yeah. Actually, it actually rained for a good 30 seconds in my house. Just 30 seconds? Just 30 seconds. Okay. Not this even morning? enough to drip off my roof, but... Uh, <laughs> I, you'll probably tell us that there's more to come. Uh, yeah, there's a front moving through right now, and Good. that was part of it. I, I, well, I sure. hope there's a lot more of that. So. Well, we are, if you would like, you could also ask our saints of the day to pray for a little yeah. rain for us, for those who need it. And we'll do that. It happens to be St. Louis and uh, Zelie Martin. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, you have given us St. Louis and Zelie Martin as examples of holiness and fidelity and faith. Family life. Help us to follow their example of openness to your will, that we might be as ready to follow your call as they were. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And not to mention Amen. their wonderful daughter, more. too. Yeah, they got a cool yeah. daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Therese. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we will learn more about our saint of the days later on. Saint Saints of the Day later on in, in today's show, but we have some events in our listening area we will give you details about at 10 after. All of these events can be found at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, we have Shannon Eaton join, joining us. She is a nurse practitioner over at Woman's New Life Clinic, and today she'll be updating us on the wonderful things they are doing over at Woman's New Life Clinic. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, we're talking about raising Catholic teens in today's world. It's always a wonderful and fun conversation with Alan, and we're always looking forward to that. And in 48 minutes, Dr. David Whitten joins us. He's a professor of theology over at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as Fran U. And he'll be joining Damien and David in the Baton Rouge studio. Mm -hmm. And it's always a good conversation with Dr. Whitten, always learning something new yep. that we didn't know before. Right. So looking forward to that. Good. And weather-wise, if you are looking forward to rain, you'll probably get some today. There's a good 60% chance of rain in our forecast. It's going to be off and on. There is a front moving through right now. As Dave mentioned, he got his for about 30 seconds. I think most of y'all will get it for a little bit longer than that. It's ranging all the way from Franklinton all the way down to Thibodeau, moving to the southeast, uh, probably right now over Laplace, Hammond, Madisonville area, and moving uh, toward the southeast. Uh, later on today, though, there'll just be pop-up showers here and there. The high should be 86, the low somewhere around 72. 
And you can expect rain through Thursday, but then come Friday and the weekend, it's going to be plum beautiful. Uh, and that's pretty much the forecast. Temperatures in and around the area right now, home of Thibodeau and Covington, both reporting 74 degrees. Elsewhere, it's 75 in Gulfport, 76 in Baton Rouge, and in New Orleans, they're reporting 79 degrees right now. So there it's you go. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has been mm-hmm. comfortable all weekend long. I mean, you know, right in the middle of the day, it, it's kind of warm. Yeah. But boy, not like it was before. Well, after so, five weeks of yeah. triple-digit heat Whew. temperatures, yeah. everything mm-hmm. seems like it's comfortable. It makes you appreciate the fact that even in the 90s, it could be bearable. Yeah. yeah. You know, it so was, that, that yeah. is nice. Well, I, guess, I guess we needed that to show us <laughs> we got you, it okay. You, you do. That's, That's right. right. That's right. You got to know what the bad is in order to appreciate the good. (laughs) All right. Well, it's five after the hour. Don't go too far. We have your gospel and reflection and some events we want to share with you as we begin the week on Wake Up. Today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 8. Jesus said to the crowd, No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it on a lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible, and nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. To anyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. It's morning, and in today's gospel, Jesus gives up a spiritual wake-up call. In the parable of the lamp, Jesus drew on a practice familiar to his audience. Every evening in Jewish homes, a ritual of lamp lighting would take place. The ancients had a dislike for the darkness. We get a sense of this in the introduction of John's gospel. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. To combat the darkness in a home, a lamp would be brought into a room and lit. Then pious Jews would recite a blessing, thanking God for the light. Clearly, no one would then cover the lamp or place it under the bed. No, they would put it on a stand that those who enter may see the light. Similarly, Jesus, the light of the world, gives us the spark of his teaching in order to illuminate our hearts so that we can dispel the darkness in the places we enter with our daily activities. Therefore, it is critical that we allow his light to penetrate deep into us. To experience Jesus' illumination and then do nothing about it would be senseless. That would be then like lighting a lamp and then hiding its light. The measure of our openness to be lit up by Christ is not the depth of our knowledge, but the degree it has illuminated our behavior and then radiates out to others. Jesus reminds us that there is nothing hidden that will not become manifest to everyone, nor is anything secret that will not come to the light. All our deeds will one day be known and judged. And therefore, Jesus warned, 
Take care, then. Now you hear. To anyone who has, more will be given. And for him who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. This life passes very quickly. Eternity lasts a very, very long time. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sakers. Thank you, Jimmy and Father Chris. It's almost 11 after the hour. Time to get up and get going on this Monday morning. That's right. It's fall. Even if it doesn't feel like it, we are in the fall season now. And we also have a number of events we want to share with you because there's a lot of things as the weather starts to get a little cooler. Things outdoors start to happen a little more often, like the Knights of Columbus over at St. Alphonsus Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. They're teaming up with Our Lady of the Lake Blood Center for their next blood drive, which is going to be Sunday, October 1st, from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the St. Francis Room. All donors will receive a free T-shirt. Hey, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And the Knights of Columbus will also provide shrimp sauce pecan for all donors. So you get a little something to eat after you donate your blood. Additional plates will be available for purchase for just 10 bucks. But I'm telling you, that's one of the best benefits I've heard in a while for donating blood. Blood. And uh, the state golf tournament, by the way, for the Knights of Columbus, I want to give them a plug, is October 6th through the 8th. It's going to be at Cane Road Golf and Turf Club in New Iberia. For more details for both of these events, you can go to ccmedia.live. That's a lot better than a cookie and orange juice. You know? <laughs> yes. That's what I is. usually get. Yeah, when I, gram- I, I, I get that grammar little oh, bear man. thing, you yeah, know, grammar yeah. bear. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, eat but, it only because I figure I need it. No, but shrimp sauce be sauce Are you kidding? That'll get your blood going back That'll get the line long. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, St. Catherine de Siena offers a 10-week program designed to guide participants through the four stages of grief with a variety of activities, including uh, small groups, discussions, scripture, uh, selected readings, music, journaling, and prayer. The group meets on Wednesday, September 27th, that's this Wednesday, from 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the parish rectory. So for more information, you know where to go, ccmedia.live. That's right. And the Born to Run Baton Rouge is coming up on November 4th, beginning at Town Square North Boulevard in downtown Baton Rouge. There will be a 5K and half mile fun run and all proceeds benefit the Women's New Life Clinic. You can go to ccmedia.live for details and also coming up the Gala for Life at Club 44 at Champion Square in New Orleans. Friday, October 6th from 7 to 11. Well, 7 to 8 is a patron party, and the gala starts at 8 p.m. There will be a terrific dinner, drinks, and a silent auction to also raise money for Women's New Life Clinic. You can go to ccmedia.live for details. Great event there, and here's another one you may mm-hmm. want to attend. Uh, this year's Provita Youth March for Life Benefit Dinner is taking place Thursday, October 19th, beginning at 6.30 at St. Michael's High School in Baton Rouge. You'll enjoy dinner and a silent auction, auction with proceeds providing scholarships for seminarians, along with helping supporting religious and youth who will be attending the annual March for Life Pilgrimage. Tickets for the ProVita event are just 80 bucks a person or $600 for a table of eight details at our website. Today, women face new challenges amidst the busyness of life and the struggle to authentically hear God's voice. The Cynical on the Lake invites you to Days of Prayer, and that will help us listen to God. 
with hearts that are open and being filled with grace. And each of the talks are from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. with mass at noon. And there's a $30 registration, which includes coffee, muffins, and a box lunch. So once again, Ooh. more information, ccmedia.live. That's right. Well, we are almost one week away from our fall pledge drive. I can't believe it's happening next wow. week. It's yeah, starting week. We Tuesday, October 3rd yeah. yeah, through Thursday, October 5th. From 7 to 10 a.m., we will bring you live guests to help us raise money to keep our radio station on the air. So if you're listening to us right now, it's because you have donated generously and we rely heavily on listener donations because we are 100% donor funded. So please consider prayerfully donating during our fall pledge drive and we will start revealing the guest lineup tomorrow. All righty. Shannon Eaton is coming up next. She's with Woman's New Life Clinic to give us a monthly update. And speaking of updates, it's 15 after the hour already on this Monday morning. Let's make it a good one. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 25th. Today we celebrate Saints Louis Martin and Zelie Guerin. Born into a military family in Bordeaux, Louis trained to become a watchmaker. His desire to join a religious community went unfulfilled because he didn't know Latin. Moving to Normandy, he met Zelie, a highly skilled lacemaker who also had been disappointed in her attempts to enter religious life. They married in 1858 and over the years were blessed with nine children, though two sons and two daughters died in infancy. Louis managed the lacemaking business that Zelie continued at home while raising her children. She died from breast cancer in 1877. Louis then moved the family to Lisieux to be near his brother and sister-in-law, who helped with the education of his five surviving girls. His health began to fail after his 15-year-old daughter entered the monastery of Mount Carmel at Lisieux in 1888. Louis died in 1894, a few months after being committed to a sanitarium. The home that Louis and Zelie created nurtured the sanctity of all their children, but especially their youngest, who is known to us as St. Therese of the Child Jesus. Louis and Zelie were beatified in 2008 and canonized in 2015. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. Can you imagine having a family full of saints, literally? Wow, huh? Like your whole family is saints. <laughs> I'd like you guys to be their right? neighbor, at least. I would like <laughs> just, <laughs> Their neighbor. Just, might rub off on me, you know? <laughs> That's true. Or, or get to heaven just by being close proximity. Just hang around with them a lot. <laughs> See know? what happens. Hold yeah. on to their coattails. Good vibes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my goodness. Shannon Eaton now joins us. She is a nurse practitioner over at Woman's New Life Clinic. And today she joins us to give us an update of what they are up to at Woman's New Life. Good morning, Shannon. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you. Well, there's so many things happening at Woman's New Life Clinic. And during our event segment, we touched on a few events. We'll circle back to those a little after the interview starts. But I wanted to touch base on the important things that we are focusing on. And that is what you guys do. So you offer life-affirming care for women who are 
experiencing an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy, um, let's kind of talk about your services for those who aren't familiar or those who are listening that could benefit from them. Okay, so yeah, we offer um, free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and counseling for women who are in um, unplanned or crisis pregnancies. Um, we also have um, nurse practitioner services, which is, you know, well woman care, STI testing, um, vaginal infections, those type of care for women, um, you know, even if they're not pregnant. And we mm-hmm. also offer prenatal well, care up to 20 weeks as well. Amazing. And you guys are so needed in our area. And times are a little interesting these days because, of course, the overturn of Roe versus Wade, things are getting kind of louder and louder as far as from the pro-choice side on access to abortion in different states. So can you tell us what is the most common way women are getting an abortion these days? Right now, it's abortion pill by mail. Um, So women can order the abortion pill online. Um, even though it's not legal, there are over 70 websites that will ship the abortion pill without a doctor's prescription or a doctor's mm-hmm. consult to um, all 50 states. Um, and women are doing this by mail, having abortions at home with no medical oversight, and it's been very dangerous. We get frequent calls of women who have excessive bleeding or cramping and, um, mm. you know, asking us what to do. Of course, we direct them to the emergency room, but we've heard, um, you know, I've heard comments from women saying, I never would have done, done this had I known it was going to be mm. like this. But they're not yeah, informed well, I know where they take it. No, and I remember also with the overturn of Roe versus Wade, there was a huge push on social media to order men and women uh, to order as many abortion pills through the mail to stock up because they weren't sure where their state was going to go as far as uh, completely eliminating abortions in their state or, or not. So this is quite interesting. So how does this abortion mail-in abortion pill differ from Plan B? Okay, so Plan B, um, the main goal of Plan B is to prevent a pregnancy. It works by preventing ovulation. Um, Plan B has been available over the counter for many years. Um, I recently learned, number one, that Plan B is no more, no longer available. Um, Plan B, one step is now what is available, which is basically it's mm-hmm. the same drug, it's just half the dose. And I also was recently told that it's going to be put in vending machines oh. on, in places like college oh, campuses. No. Yeah, I think it's already there, um, the vending machines on some college campuses. Um, Yeah, and that's quite interesting that it's so accessible. You could get a a, a soda, and now you can also get an abortion pill on campus. It's it's just interesting how things are changing so rapidly. Um, But, okay, so for women who have taken the abortion pill and they've regretted their decisions, they can call you, but you also have a solution for those women as well with something called the abortion pill reversal. Can you talk about that? Sure, we do offer the abortion pill reversal. It's part of a a national um, effort and they have a national hotline that women can call and they get in touch with the providers. So the abortion pill reversal can be performed for women who have um, taken just the first pill which is called mifepristone. It's a progesterone blocker, and we can um, administer her uh, the protocol, which involves progesterone to help support the pregnancy. 
and to help prevent um, the abortion from continuing or from happening. Um, it, you know, and it is, um, it's not 100% effective. It, nationwide, I think it's about 60% effective. Um, by the grace of God, we've had a little bit better success rate at Women's in Life Clinic. Uh, Shannon, is there a certain time frame that women have to call uh, for it to be effective? Do they have to be, after they've taken it, is it 24 hours, 48 hours? Um, the sooner the better. Um, the protocol has been up to, um, I think the protocol is up to 48 hours, but I know a lot of providers have still administered it up to 72 hours. As long as the woman hasn't started um, bleeding or cramping excessively, it can still be administered. Mm-hmm. And, and also we so check the viability been- of the baby. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And so, Shannon, it's been over a year now that the that uh, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Looking back throughout the year, have you? Do you think you have gotten more calls at your clinic than before, or what are you guys seeing? Um, we see a lot more calls of women searching for abortion, and a lot of women, I think, mistakenly thought we've always provided abortion, but hmm. there are a lot more women searching for abortion and um you know i don't take those calls all the time but the staff does you know the staff that does tells them that it is illegal in louisiana Mm -hmm. and um they'll you know they'll just give them the facts and the facts are still there uh they don't Mm -hmm. direct them to any websites or anything but they also let them know of the side effects and potential potential dangers of ordering pills online um you know for were mm-hmm. the abort the abortion pill. Well, Shannon, this can also be very traumatic for the woman as well. Um, talking about the mental health services that the Woman's New Life Clinic also provides. Certainly. So, um, first of all, we offer um, counseling for women considering abortion, and you know they are informed that there are options, but it's also just counseling to help the woman. Um, listen to her own voice and hear her own fears and and maybe, you know, what are the factors surrounding her decision and just, I guess, encouraging them to slow down to really make this decision because it's, you know, uh, obviously life-altering. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also offer, if a woman needs continued counseling throughout pregnancy, that is available to her. And we also offer per, uh, post-abortion counseling for women who are seeking healing from their abortion. Wow, so many resources being offered. Okay, Shannon, how can our listeners help? What can we do to help? And uh, I know one of the couple of ways that we can help are uh, the Gala for Life coming up and the Born to Run. Can you give us details on both of those? I can. So the Gala is the evening of October 6th. It is uh, Friday evening. It is at Club 44 in New Orleans, and um, it starts at, I'm looking for my details for it. I believe it starts <laughs> at 7, and that can be found on our website, uh, womansnewlife.com. And I am also looking for the date of Baton Rouge Born to Run. That is coming up, um, that's Saturday morning, coming up here in October. It's uh, in Baton Rouge. This is our Baton Rouge Born to Run. We have one in New Orleans in the spring, and the one in the fall is in Baton Rouge. 
and I'm going to give you the date yes. right now. That's okay. Yeah. That's coming I'm up sorry. on Saturday, yeah, November 4th. You're doing a great job. I'm no, sorry. this is it's such a Saturday fun event, you guys. Sorry, I got that date wrong. Look. It is Saturday, ah. November 4th. I have, I have to go week by week in the fall. <laughs> what my event is. Uh, you got a lot going it's on. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, Talk have, about I, Born I, to Run. Shannon, because um, a lot of us who are listening are runners and a lot of us are not runners, but it's a fun event for everyone. And you're helping Women's New Life Clinic and these women who are seeking this kind of care. So talk about what they can do to sign up and maybe form a team. Okay, so Born to Run, is a, it's a 5K, but there's also a one-mile fun run. Um, and then we have a quote-unquote birthday party afterwards. It's a great event for the kids. There's little activities mm-hmm. for the kids. Um, and they can sign up with com, and then forming a team, um, you can find that information also on the website, but they can also call the office, and that just helps to, it's one of our major fundraisers throughout the year to uh, help, you know, raise funds for our services. And a lot of the times on that Saturday morning in November, the weather is absolutely perfect. And then you have a wonderful LSU game to cheer for later that night. So uh, it's such a wonderful time. And it's great, like Shannon said, for the entire family. Shannon Eaton, nurse practitioner over at Woman's New Life Clinic. Where can we go to find out more information? Uh, Womansnewlife.com. Great. Womansnewlife.com. We also have both of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. Shannon, thank you so much for being with us today. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. They do wonderful work over at Woman's New Life Clinic. Please consider supporting them and take a look at the wonderful information they have on there as well. Mm. Alan Migliorato joins us when we return from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five after the hour. Happy Monday, everyone. Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson, all here with you. And right now, also with us is Alan Migliorato, co-author of Failing Forward: Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And I know everyone looks forward to this uh, particular segment, especially those with teenagers and even those with uh, young kids who will soon be teenagers. Today, our topic is academic expectations. Who cares more, mom or dad or the teen? How you doing, Al? Hey, good morning, guys. Happy to be here. Well, good. So tell us, who cares more? Oh, my gosh. I, I know I couldn't care less when I was in school. About, about I just wanted to get through. I don't want uh, us to go that far question. back, Al. We're not talking about you and me. We're talking about today's teens. We didn't say yesterday's teens. Today's teens. next to Moses and no, you're right, though. It's a great question. And, and a lot of times kids have so much, so much expectation on them right now to get into a college and they want kids well-rounded. And, and what does that mean? And you can't only be in, you know, on, a, on the football team or the baseball team or in theater. You've got to be part of clubs and you've got to have good grades. And, and the competition for kids to get into a college is immensely higher than it was in years past. It's amazing how, how, how much they stress on not only do you have to get the good grades, but you've got to make sure that you're part of the clubs and you're part of 
you know, that, mm-hmm. that you get in the sorority. Then when you get into college, you got to get in the sorority so that you get in or the fraternity so that you can get into the graduate school afterwards. And they look at all of that. And, like, where's when is enough enough, you know? And um, I know, like, C's get degrees, you know? That's a great mm-hmm. saying. But you always want to, you know, not pressure your kids to do it, but to challenge them. And every time my kids would come home with a, like, I, I like my kids to get A's. Most of them, and, and all three of them got a lot of A's. My oldest one was much more like me where she could get the A, but she was a little bit too lazy to do it. So she just got through. And and now she's got a manager job, you know, and she's doing wonderful. And, and I think it's it's part of growing up to see, like, how can how can we challenge our kids to do the best, their best, not the best, but their best, without overstressing them, also without keeping the bar too low. Mm-hmm. So right. a question that I would always ask my daughter would be, if she came home with a C on, on a test, would be, well, did you do, was that your best? And then at first it would frustrate her because it was almost like I was saying, well, was that your best? You know, like a passive aggressive. But when she realized I was actually saying, was that actually your best? She would she would be honest with herself and say no I could have I could have studied you know a little bit more okay well maybe next you know just I want you to do your best and and keep that bar set I want you to do your best so when we ask our kids that question they have to be self reflective right they have to they have to look at their that their actions and say did I really do my best could I have spent a few more hours you know going over something I didn't understand or did I just kind of throw in the towel on this one and say I'm just going to get by. Mm-hmm. So how does a parent challenge their child, teenager? Uh, I'm talking to high school now at this point, not college yet. We will get to that. Uh, but we're at the high school level, and you challenge them. They're coming out of middle school. And, you know, in a way, they, they've they got one of two attitudes. They really don't want to go to school for a number of reasons. Could be the fact they're scared, they're bullied. Uh, could be the fact that they don't even like being in that particular school. How do you challenge them without putting on that pressure and, and get them in more involved with the school to see the benefits, the long-term benefits? I think that's another great question, so that you're asking all these great questions. I wish I hope I have great answers. You know, it's, I think we have to, to look at consequence versus reward at times, too. I know a lot of kids would would get paid, you know, my daughter's friends would get paid if they got an A on something. And my daughter's like, oh, man, my friend got paid $20 by her dad for for getting an A. And I was like, really? Well, you're getting room and board. So here's the thing. You need to do do your best. If you get a B, you have to get a job, you know? (laughs) So I I think in all seriousness, like there there has to be a a consequence of getting a a bad grade and, and a reward, and not a reward like monetary, but, you know, if they really, if you see your kid really struggling in math and they're getting B's just in and they're really doing their best there's got to be some kind of reward for them their effort right reward the effort not necessarily the outcome because some kids don't try at all and mm-hmm. they get A's some kids and some kids are struggling to get B's and it's you can't punish a kid for doing their best you know and yeah. so like we've got to mm-hmm. take a case-by-case basis and say I'm, you know I I know you're getting B's in, in, in Spanish or in, in chemistry but like you are really doing your best, and I'm and I'm really proud of you. And I see that you're trying hard. What can I do to help you to um, to to go to the next level? Is there something? Would you be interested in in getting tutoring, or would you be interested in 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 uh, you know, and maybe talking to the teacher after class and see if they have any suggestions? And talk to your kids like that, you know. And your kids might say, "Well, I'm just happy I'm getting by, and I'm and I got my a full a full plate right now." You yeah. Know? 
I think you're and, right and that on. Might be, that might be enough. Yeah, support their uh, homework expectations. In other words, help them along if they need it. Don't just put the whole burden on them. Sometimes I feel parents don't get involved enough in today's world with their teens to where uh, they, they kind of help the child with the expectations so they can excel in school. And, and, and if B is the best, that's okay. But at least know where everyone stands. When it comes to college, totally different because now they're on their own, so to speak. And boy, it, it's it's not only uh, trying to achieve and get on all the organizations and all the things and be popular. It's the money. Now, the parents get a little more concerned than the child or the teen, I think, at that point. But it is a I, I look at it as a learning life experience as well. In other words, you're doing more than the academics. You're going to learn a lot about life in those four years if you make it in college. Yeah, and I don't think the parents should wait till their ki- their kids are at college to to be a little hands off when it comes to grades and, and projects and things like that, because then they get into college and a lot of kids struggle and leave because their parents aren't there to to be that safety net. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I say, you know, when when kids get into high school and and they have like, hey, I have to get to to Walmart tonight at midnight to go get something I forgot. Right. And you're like. Well, you don't have a license, so I'm not taking you. Next time, remember, mm-hmm. you know, like that's there's your learning lesson. You're going to fail this one. Yeah, right. And right. what do you what do you think about and this? Parents new, don't want that. This new thing with the away from home moms that uh, the Ivy League schools seem to be jumping on. I think it's totally bonkers. But well, four hundred and fifty to ten thousand dollars, where your child has an away from home mom or parent to take care of you. What? You hadn't heard that? No. Oh, yeah, it's big news, it's man. It's like a the, nanny or what? They I don't mean, call it. It's an away-from-home mom or away-from-home parent. Call a, Some are calling I it a bonus mom, rent-a-parent. they got different oh, names. Oh, But they're okay. paying up to 10000 <laughs> oh. a semester for this. Well, okay. Uh, that's that's have you heard that? that semester. Semester. I have, you know, I know you sent me that article about it. But I think I'm going to get a wig and get some part-time job here. Dude. Because that's crazy. Yeah, that's Alan, that's be, yeah. And, and the article said sign up. that they're only taking up to 30 students. At $10,000 a kid and up to 30 students uh, per semester, I'll do that for $300,000, give or take. You know, I mean, uh, that's, that's pretty that's good absurd. pocket change, man. It is crazy, but... I don't go to the Ivy League schools, wow. and, and I don't know if it's going to happen elsewhere, wow. but uh, it definitely made news. I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Now, to, now I just got to get w- the picture w- of Alan, Alan in a wig is yeah. out of my head. But that's well, there, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and I'll Dave, text you later. I'll text you one later. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> okay, Alan, we got a minute left. Let's talk about some things that parents need to, that they can do to help their, their teen in school. One is, uh, you know, you got parent-teacher conferences that they could attend a lot of parents have a tendency to to neglect that but i think that's an important point also uh you know send your your teen ready uh and prepared for for when they go to school each day yeah i I would ask my your kids you know hey is it something that i need to have a conference on or can you handle this on your own if they're getting a bad grade and let them really try on their own let them try you know to Mm -hmm. let Right. To, to get through this on their own. When they can't, when they get to that point, you're like, look, I think I need to step in here. Uh, let's me and you meet with the teacher all together so that nothing's, you know, hidden from you. Mm-hmm. And let's talk openly and honestly, like speak the truth with love, like Ephesians tells us. Yeah. Because we can't take God out of it, right? It's all, He's always in everything, so we got to keep him in everything. Pray with your kids. Hey, are you really doing your best? I want to pray for you that you always try your best. And even if that means failing at times, I'm proud of you. 
Boy, I'm glad you said that. That's exactly right. Indeed. Pray each and every day with your child uh, as they uh, start their day. And, and take attendance seriously as well, parents. Uh, you know, yes. don't pull them out of class just for the heck of it. All right, enough of that. Alan Migliorato, thank you so much for being with us. I know you'll be back next week as well, right? Yes, sir. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you too, brother. 45 after the hour, Dr. David Wooden is next on Wake Up. past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson along with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith and we have Dr. David Witten in our studio today. He's a professor of theology at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady. We call it Fran Yu here in Baton Rouge. Hey. Good morning. Welcome back. Always glad to be here. So we were just, we were having a lively discussion because uh, Damian opened up a can <laughs> of worms about uh, uh, Rent a mom or something like yeah, that right. uh, on campus, and uh, uh, Doctor Whitten was giving his opinion about that too, and it, it was <laughs> we were getting pretty lively. That's, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yes, yeah, so. it's it's, it's um, fantastic. I think the term they're using now is snowplow parents. Snowplow, Instead of not just helicopters like hovering over things. <laughs> yeah. Actually, snowplows. Right? They're, they're, they're going to push, no, push every obstacle out of the way. Oh wow! Now, I see. That's not real. Yeah. That's just not real life. In fact, real life's going to hurt. Right. Later. I can, I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. So, look, um, uh, real quick, if you, in a nutshell, anything going on at Fran U, uh, new or that we need to know about before uh, we Not get since into I was here last couple weeks ago. Okay. I was here a couple weeks ago. We've got our big 100-year uh, gala coming up uh, in a couple weeks now. Yeah. So we're yeah. really excited about that. 100 years old. Still can't get over that either. That's, yeah. that's, that's pretty amazing. So we were talking uh, also a little bit earlier, and we were talking about uh, the topic you want to talk about today. And it, 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 it is fascinating. It is good. And it's, it it's is. a different way for a lot of people of thinking of St. Joseph. Right. So uh, I was uh, sitting down with my son reviewing his PSR materials uh, last week. Yeah. So he'd missed it, so we you know, sort of uh, went through everything. And in it, uh, they were talking about Jesus, and they were talking about Joseph as his foster father. And this is something I've run into before, but it was really interesting to see it in the PSR materials. And I, I've actually mentioned this before here, but... I think we got to be really careful about talking about Joseph as a foster father. Mm -hmm. um, now, it comes from a good place, right? Yeah, um, sure. We're, we're desperately uh, yeah. in need for more foster parents. If you're listening to this and you've ever thought about being a foster parent, Louisiana has a deep need for, for foster parents. And the, and the foster parents I know are beautiful people. Yes, yeah. right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and this is something that we, we've been doing for the last year ourselves. It's, it's been a tremendous blessing. Yeah. Um, so I don't ever want to dissuade people from from thinking, oh, being a foster is bad. Right. Uh, and I think you know what we like to do, and this is important, is we look to our saints for examples of how humans can live holy lives, modeling something. Right. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Saint Therese of Lisieux, right? Right. Um, uh, earlier, and that that whole family having a whole family of saints. I mean, what a, what a gift that would be, right? I can and only so we imagine at, what that's like. Yeah. Right. And so we look to Saint <laughs> Joseph as as a model of of a particular kind of father. Um, the risk, though, I think is this. I mean, is, you know, generally speaking, uh, a child enters the foster care system if they've been abused. Okay. If they've been neglected mm -hmm. um, or if their parents are dead. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, now, Jesus's father is first person of the I trinity it's right god. it's yes. god right yes. so what, what, it, to suggest that jesus is in some sort of foster care situation then would, would be just, would be those three things it could be like well god is dead <laughs> no, right right no 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 god's abusive no god's right. neglecting him right right um so you know to, to use that term it comes with a real set of sort of um loaded expectations of what it means to be and to be 
honest. I mean, there's some, not Catholic theologians, but there's been some um, Protestant feminist theologians who've thought, who've accused God of being abusive for sending his son to die on a cross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right? I've heard that. And so what, yeah. You, so what you don't want to do is sort of like, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's why he's in foster care, right? Because he's got an abusive dad. That's terrible. No, you don't want to do that, right? So, <laughs> no. I, I, so even while it's inspiring to think about um, Joseph as a foster parent is in the sense that we need more foster parents. I, I don't like what it says about God. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really sort of problematic. It also, I think, says something wrong about Mary. Um, so the other situation is a foster care. Because uh, what is it saying? Oh, well, I'm going to get there. Not, okay, go ahead. I'm, gonna, I'm getting yeah. there. Um, so foster care is with one's non-biological parents. Yeah. Right? Yes, well, that's true. Um, so, but... Jesus lived with the biological parent his whole life, right? Mm -hmm. Mary, right. Mary, Mary was his mother. He, he assumes his humanity mm -hmm. from Mary, mm -hmm. right? So again, to say like that he's in some sort of fault, to say that jo Joseph is his foster parent is in some sense to say that Mary is not his biological parent. Okay. Right? Um, so I think you've got sort of problems on sort of both the human and the divine side yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the, the spectrum here, which given that Jesus is perfectly human and perfectly divine, doesn't work very well for how we understand Jesus. Interesting. Then, uh, in that sense, so I think, uh, you know, I think we need to be very careful about what we say there, um, both because of what it says about God and what it says about Mary. That is interesting. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean, because we we do that as people, we categorize things, right? By you what know? we are, by what we know. And again, this is, I sure. think the purpose of this is to inspire people. Yes. To think right. that fostering is an important and good thing, and to yeah. look at Joseph as a model of that. Right. Right. But I, but then, but then the you got to look at the is, origins right, of the, him being the, a, the risk. I think theological risk is is actually too great to do that. I mean, I think there's another way of thinking about Joseph, um, which is as an adoptive parent. Yeah, right. Because adoption doesn't sort of say anything about like how that son um, or that child got there. Right. 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 Um, and it's not unusual, right, for uh, men who married women with. A child of their own to sure. adopt that child, right? right? That's not unusual at all. And, and you know, in Romans, it talks about um, us being uh, adopted uh, sons of God mm -hmm. uh, as well. So the, the adoption language, I think, is, is uh, much more uh, spiritual and scriptural in that sense. So what would we call him? I would call him, I'm mean, going to just call him Joseph, the father of, of Jesus. Oh, there right? you I mean, go. Because right. that's what we because would say. Because that's how Jesus yeah. sees him as right. I mean, his father. As, of, as, would, would any argue father. that he could be stepfather? Uh, I don't. Think I mean, you think, think so. about it. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I would think about him quite that way. I was think mm -hmm. again. So you know, we've had a, a foster child for over a year now, and mm -hmm. our, our goal is to adopt him, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, but when he looks at me, he, I was a your dad. I'm Dada. Exactly. He's 18. Dada. I'm oh, just okay. Dada, right? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. only 20 Aww. months old, right? Yeah. I was playing a soccer game yesterday, and he was over on the sidelines, and he didn't like it that he couldn't get to me, so he started yelling, Dada, Dada, and I had to come out of the game. Oh, wow. <laughs> I told him, right? So I got substituted because I had a, a screaming kid, which, um, but, but again, so I mean, that's, so the relationship is just between the two of us is just, I call him son, he yeah. calls me Dada. Yeah. Right? Um, and just as Jesus called the father... So Abba. when did that change? When did that change? I don't know where this came from. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, I, I mean, because, again, we're watching The, the Chosen, and those who mm -hmm. haven't seen it, you should. I recommend it highly. Mm -hmm. uh, but even, even in that, he's, he's dad. Right. He's Abba. Right. And, 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 
Oh, you mean how, how Christ uh, treated how his father, Saint no, Joseph? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And That's then right. also, but he father. also calls God that. Yes, he That's does. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. But they don't say, oh, nobody corrects him and says, you know. <laughs> right. He's actually well, just your foster dad, right? Yeah, no, yeah. nobody says that. The relationship, because uh, the, the relationship is there from the beginning, yeah. right? Right. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, uh, and I, I, I like the fact that it's father. Period. Period. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because yeah, that's the relationship. I agree with you. Yeah. Or dad. Yeah. Now, again, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the the emphasizing the importance of fostering is actually a very much a pro life move. Sure. Right. And so sure. you can. My guess is that's probably how it sort of began to come in, like because there's just a lot of kids who who are neglected and abused. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and who need care, need love, mm-hmm. um, and we want to do that. Right. Uh, and so I think again, that's sort of what's. It's very interesting though, because this. that was not Christ's situation, if anything. I, know, I don't think so. Very much love. God is alive, and he certainly wasn't abused. Right. We know that. He was mm-hmm. He was a gift to us. That That is pretty amazing. I, I never really thought of, uh, about it that way. You're going to throw us another curve next time you come back like that? That's, uh, that's it for, the, I mean, for this year. That was a good uh, That's one. it for 2023. <laughs> I mean, that was a good one. Oh, I, no. I think the people who did call him foster <laughs> father, I mean, I'm sure the intentions were good. Right. But you got to think a little deeper than that. And when you do, you, there's your... There's where your problem lies. Interesting. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, we're looking forward to having you back. Thanks. I'll see you next month. We will see you soon. All right. right. Well, we do know that the uh, true parents of St. Therese were (laughs) Saints Louis and Zelly Martin. Right. And we'll offer up our final prayer of the day as we wrap up our show. St. Louis and Zelly, you both desired to give yourself entirely to God in a religious vocation. You loved him so dearly that you wanted to devote your life to him in a very special way. But God showed you both that his plan for you was different. Pray for us that we may be as open to God's will as you were. Help us to be ready to do even the unexpected when God asks of it. Ask it of us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.